0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to season four, I guess, of I Think Therefore I Am. Super excited to get this thing rebooted. I'm sitting here with... Uh,
1: My
2: name is Michael Mamone. I'm one of the third-year chief residents here.
1: And I'm Megan Mayo. I am also a third-year chief.
0: And I'm PGY9. My name is Dan (laughs) Gutman. I'm still in the same rotation (laughs) here at Bethesda. (laughs) But very excited. We have a special treat today. Oh, yeah. That's the name of the trial we'll be discussing among others. So today we're gonna start off with a couple of articles that we read so that you don't have to. So, uh, Megan, what you got for us?
1: All right, so I'll be talking about an article that was just published August 2022 in intensive care medicine. Unfortunately, it does not have a cool name, so I'm gonna struggle through this whole name. It is Association of Vancomycin plus piperacillin tazobactam with early changes in creatinine versus cystatin C in critically ill adults.
0: Yeah, there's no good. Uh, no. No way to shorten
1: that. No. Not. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a prospective cohort study. Um, so basically, this study is looking at the effects of piptazo plus vancomycin on renal function, there have been multiple studies in the past, up to 50, all between 2016 and 2022 alone, looking at that specific combination and its effect on creatinine. Um, one of my favorite ones looking back was actually in 2016 titled Top Guns, The Maverick and the Goose of Empiric Therapy, where Zosin was the maverick. Okay. Some, so... Someone was
0: really desperate for an, <laughs> for an ID uh,
2: abstract. A cool ID name.
1: They can't live up to those the, cardio the cardi- ones, ones, though. yeah. Um, so basically, a lot of these studies were pretty convincing um, that the combination of piptazo plus vancomycin does have an effect on kidney function. Um, one of the most convincing was a BMJ open access retrospective study p- published in 2012 by Jensen et al. And it looked at uh, 1,200 patients and found that patients with AKI due to sepsis actually had delayed improvement in creatinine when vanxosin was given as opposed to when meropenem was given. It also found, though, that when zosin was discontinued, there was a very rapid improvement in creatinine. But when meropenem was discontinued, there was no further improvement in the creatinine. Um, this was a pretty robust article and was really convincing that the vancomycin combo does cause some elevation in creatinine. But as we know, you know an elevation mm-hmm. in creatinine doesn't necessarily alone correlate to kidney injury. Um, and it's been more recently proposed that zosin actually acts as a pseudotoxin, especially in combination with vancomycin. Mm-hmm.
0: So similar to like a Bactrim kind of contract, exactly yes false rise yep
1: exactly um that's and that's what it's actually being compared to now as so. well as probenicid has a very similar mechanism of action.
0: And out of curiosity, in those studies, did they comment on how much the creatinine rises? Because like, if the creatinine rises by two, then I'm less likely to say it's like a pseudo AKI yeah. air quotes.
1: Yeah. So they don't, I mean, it, it varies across a lot of them. It does rise to AKI criteria based on the rifle mm-hmm. criteria. So like 1.5 times your baseline. Okay, sure. um, but it, other than that, it's not super specific. So I think the most important thing that kind of explains a lot of this is understanding pipericillin's mechanism of action on the kidneys. So it actually inhibits the organic anion transporters, which are also known as OATs. So OAT 1 and 3 which causes a decrease in creatinine um, being excreted into the urine, mm-hmm. therefore causing the increased creatinine in the serum. Um, and this is the, the mechanism by which it's proposed to be that, that pseudotoxicity. And that's actually, like you said, the exact same action um, that both probenecid and trimethoprim have so finally, like I just want to point out that there's been a ton of studies linking vanxocin to the rise in creatinine, but there's no association, and there's been no other studies with increased rates of dialysis, mortality, or any other endpoints mm-hmm. in terms of renal function, so that's where this current article comes in. Um, so this specific article was a prospective propensity-matched observational study. It took place at University of Pennsylvania, had about 192 patients. And they actually looked at the levels of Cystatin C, which is a renal biomarker that's unaffected by tubular secretion, unlike creatinine. They also looked at BUN, um, as well as dialysis rates and mortality rates. So there were two study arms. One of them was vancomycin plus cefepime, and that was compared to the classic combo of vanc plus zosin. It was actually a subset of the MESI project, so it was patients that were admitted to the ICU um, with severe sepsis or septic Mm -hmm. shock. To be included, patients had to be treated with the antibiotic combination for a minimum of 48 hours, and they took baseline creatinine and defined that as the average creatinine from the previous 365 days up until seven days before hospital admission. You were excluded if uh, the patient was ESRD, if they were on dialysis within 14 days before antibiotic initiation, or creatinine was higher than 1.5 times what it was in the previous 365 days.
0: So they're taking that anyone with like... Baseline AKI or progression. Exactly.
1: Exactly Okay, so they did a really good job in the study of correcting for confounders They looked at corticosteroid admission because that's actually one of the things that can affect the statin C. They looked at the time of year um, Updating for practice differences throughout the year as it progresses and that's one of the first times I think I've seen that adjusted for they looked at There's um, more
0: AKI's in July or something?
1: (laughs) No, they're just I think practice patterns. so if you know things were updated throughout the year Uh, and people were practicing differently but Um, so the average study population characteristics the age was 61 a little over half were male and the majority were white like every other study we look at Um, before weighting the Vank Zosin group had a higher severity of illness a lower gfr and higher lactate concentrations as well as more frequent diabetes and cirrhosis, however, they did a really good job of weighting the two groups so that the majority of the the variants were similar between both cohorts. So as you guys can probably guess, um, vanxosin had a higher average creatinine concentration. It was 1.46 versus 1.15 in the vanxefepine group. It's a 19.8% difference. Um, The vanxosin group also had a higher rate of creatinine increased of greater than 50%. 14% of the study population versus 10% of the study population. However, there was no difference in Cystatin C concentrations. It was 1.51 versus 1.52. And there was also no difference in BUN concentrations, also without an association with the rate of dialysis or mortality. So there was no significant difference in the Cystatin C, dialysis, or mortality in summary.
0: So basically long-term outcomes, you don't fry the kidney. And it right. might transiently cause the creatinine, from what I gathered, to rise by like 0. 0.3 yeah. or so. Yep, uh, a 50%
1: would, increase. Yeah. Which in... kind of
0: fits the backdrum kind of construct yeah. to me. Exactly. similar kind of exactly. rise exactly. in creatinine.
1: Exactly.
2: So I think now it's like this comes down to education to providers, because I think yeah. somebody's afraid now. Everybody's afraid of vanxos and combo. Mm-hmm. You're going to kill their kidneys, kill their kidneys. Right. So this kind of opens the doors, mm-hmm. allow us to break in the big antibiotics without without the side effects. So
1: all of this, like you guys saying, supports the idea that this is a pseudo-toxicity and not a real toxicity. Um, In fact, I think it's really cool. There's actually been suggestion that zosin can be a nephroprotective agent. Some studies have suggested it actually decreases the rates of vancomycin-associated ATN because it decreases, like it decreases the rate of creatinine excretion, it also decreases the rate of um, vancomycin excretion into the tubules. Um, so, you know, there's a couple biases, they, the Cystatin C was observed at day two, which could miss delayed toxicity, and there's been subge- suggestions that AKI risk continues up to one month after the antibiotics. Um, they did note that there were some issues with missing data, um, however, the statistical analysis and everything, even when they corrected for this missing data, was, was robust. They didn't look at urine output. Which would be another early marker of kidney dysfunction, um, and then the study was mildly underpowered for dialysis rates, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think key takeaways here. While you know we might be a little bit more comfortable using this vanxosin combination, but keep in mind that zocin is not ideal for everything. as poor CNS concentration, um, and the q6-hour dosing is is difficult. Um, It can cause interstitial nephritis and that's not what this is talking about. So interstitial nephritis still can occur with zosin and that's a relatively rare, however. Um, And then vancomycin is also a known nephrotoxin. So appropriate dosing is important with vancomycin.
0: Right, for sure. I I think my take home is, um, I've personally been kind of afraid, you know, recently to use that combination, even though back when I was a resident, I used to use it all the time. So I think the take home is, if you have to use it, you know, maybe you don't be as scared to go ahead and use vanzocin But like you said, it's not like you're saving, you know, Venxapine or Venxosin' not like you're saving like, oh, and I can dose once a day versus T A you know what I mean? Yeah. You not know, like saving the nurses time or fewer orders or less fluids going in. So I, I would still just use Venxepine and cover pretty much the same bugs without the risk of the toxicity. Yeah, right? and you can always add on some flagell
2: first, some anaerobic yeah, coverage, you need to, is minimal side effect profile. My only argument is, you know, a lot of these patients that are getting the broad spectrum are usually very sick, sometimes septic, and in the Boker population, they're older. And encephapime has dose-dependent dose, uh, encephalopathy, so it can right. worsen delirium. Especially with kidney dysfunction kidney So it's kind of a hard place, but I think this definitely opens up the doors to make providers feel a little bit more comfortable with things, mm-hmm. sure. because yeah. we have literature to support it.
0: It's also frustrating, you know, when you learn something in med school, then you have to unlearn it. And now I have to unlearn it what I unlearned.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of unlearning in residency. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> don't so tell the, Dr. Ferris yeah, that's that. the beauty.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and then the Acorn trial is coming out in twenty twenty four, and that's gonna relook at this a little bit with some more p- patients and yeah. everything. So. All
0: right. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's Stay talking tuned. about the Acorn. Yeah.
1: Mm. Mm. Stay tuned for the Acorn. Mm-hmm.
0: I think in general, if you have a, a, a catchy name to your article, more people are going to read and remember it. I think that's
2: the new thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Cardio figured that out many years yeah, ago, and all the other it. specialties were like, you guys are weird, but now they're catching up. Yeah.
1: yeah. This article's in trouble then. Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah.